I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, depending where you're listening to this around the world. This is the COB podcast. This is October the 19th. It's a Tuesday. I'm your host, David Scott, and I'm lucky enough to be joined by Cara today. Cara, how was the day? Yeah, it was pretty good. The Aussie dollar went for a bit of a run. So did the Kiwi dollar. I think a bit of leftover madness from those inflation numbers yesterday for the Kiwi. And the Aussie also looking pretty strong, pushing now towards that 75 handle. I know you didn't want to start with currencies, but that was my exciting move of the day. But elsewhere, the market looking pretty mixed across the board. I don't mind talking about currency markets. I used to be a currency trader back in the day. So, uh, yeah, the Chinese one was uh, getting a bit of a wriggle on as well. Hit multi-month high. So, Aussie dollar was, uh, was very strong. It was up about 0.6% towards the close of the equity trading session. And maybe that weighed a little bit on the equity market because it was quite higher in early trade, but then just those gains whittled away towards the close. And then eventually the XDC was uh, were closed flat, but the actual the XJO uh, was down for the session, about a tenth of a percent. So three-day winning streak comes to an end. Uh, really weird to go and see some of the machinations underneath the surface of these markets as well because yesterday it was just the pain trade when it comes to those longer duration growth assets. But today they're back in vogue because there was a tiny pullback in bond yields. Oh, I know that. That's the thing, isn't it? And those materials down today, Rio down over 3%, BHP down nearly 2%, FMG also in at the red and those bright spots in the the tech space, the real real estate and healthcare on the day. CSL up almost 1%. Yeah, so mixed performance there, but uh, no chopping and changing. We've seen a lot of that uh, over the last little bit. Not big moves at the actual headline index uh, level, but uh, certainly beneath the surface, there is, of course, a lot of movement uh, underneath the surface. On that movement in bond yields, it's actually interesting. Uh, Annette's uh, written in her view today. Uh, and we you know, talk about the new normal, and everyone's saying, oh, this is the new normal. You know, central bank policy, ZERP, NERP, negative interest rate policy is all supposed to be like the new normal. Annette reckons it's rubbish. It's uh, you've, the new normal. So now you've got to think about, no, well, it's not normal to have interest rates for as long as the eye can see at 0%. Uh, maybe like no, at least one or two percent is probably something that maybe people will have to get used to as being the new new normal. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? But I mean, does the taper tantrum come with it? It seems like the market doesn't really care at the moment. I mean, before you left, inflation was transitory. Two months later, it's not so transitory and it's looking pretty hot everywhere. But yeah, I mean... There's got to be an adjustment somewhere. I was banging on about that inflation picture. I won't say I'm right just yet, but uh, it hasn't really mattered to these markets, of, of course, at the moment because they're hanging tough. No, we're seeing the US markets pushing back towards those record highs. Uh, NASDAQ was uh, leading the charge last night. We're still waiting for like you know, this, this ructions because people are going, well, you've got the tapering scenario, you've got you know, potentially tighter policy, but nothing's taking place. And yet the uh, equity market is still powering along. Earnings season looks to be pretty strong, but yeah. hey, it's always, it's always strong, isn't it? It's always beating by 80% plus when it comes to top line? Yeah, I mean, those banks reporting significant M&A activity, I mean, really helping their bottom lines. Will that change once the next flurry of companies come out with their results this week? Netflix, of course, on the cars, Johnson & Johnson. I mean, look, maybe those inflationary pressures will start to show through. You've been watching Squid Game? Of course, have you? 
I've only I've 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 actually went and resubscribed to Arts and Netflix, so that's a little bit of an afford guidance there. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, so I've, I I want to go and see what's about. So I was starting to go watch it on uh, on Sunday night, but being the first day back at work on Monday after a two month break, I thought if I stuck into this, I won't have any sleep, and then I'll be even worse than normal. So yeah. um, I'm looking forward to going and probably chewing the fat. Maybe tonight I'll go and, and kick off. Needless to say, you know what we're waiting for this catalyst, you know, potentially that we might go and see a pullback in this market or even a crash. We've been asking you know, a lot of our guests who come on the call each day, you know, what's the one company they'd go and buy if there was a big sell-off? And today we went uh, and sat down with Howard Coleman from Team Invest and Larry Glover from Novus Capital to go and get the two names that they would go and purchase should the markets tank. If you do get a really aggressive sell-off in a, in a crash, as you call it, what you actually want to be doing is actually buying some beta. So you want to you want to buy the stocks that are actually going to outperform on the upside. After the market's crash, it's not the time to be buying sort of safety. It's usually trying to buy sort of the maybe the high growth sort of stuff, stuff that's actually going to give you a bit of legs. I've I've sort of chosen gear here today, which is like a uh, an, a geared ETF. So if you really think you're at the at the at the bottom of the barrel and the, you've you know, hit the low, then you really want to get a bit of beta. If the market rallied say five or ten percent off the lows, then you're you're getting probably you know, double to you know, 2.2 times that or something. So you're just getting a bit more leverage on a on a basket of uh, of the market. The main thing that you want to look for if there's any sort of a crash is the kind of company that the share price drops a lot, but their competitors are weaker and are likely to go broke. Credit Corp, largely a misunderstood company, market doesn't really understand it very well at all, um, but a, a company with enormous potential to grow. If the market really plunged a lot, Credit Corp would probably plunge even more than the market, and that'd be a great time to buy because everybody would be worried people won't pay their debts. Um, but of course, being the strongest company in the field, they'll be the ones that profit the most out of it. So my choice would be Credit Corp. Well, when it comes to today, the two uh, companies that we're going to be buying the dip on, uh, Howard Coleman nominates Credit Corp, while Gary Glover says that uh, he'll be looking to go and get the better shares, geared Australian equity uh, ETF, it looks like the other uh, name there. Uh, so interesting, uh, interesting uh, prospects there. So you know, lots of ideas out there to go and potentially save for a rainy day when eventually, of course, it will arrive. Uh, as always, we had lots of great guests on the program today. Jumbe Lu from Tribeca was on talking about the uh, energy sector now. Talk about I uh, know the trade that's been going pretty well since I left. I was writing, I was getting pretty excited about what's going on with I uh, know the energy space, and even beyond my expectations, what's been going on with some of those prices now. Pretty alarming what's happening in, in certain parts of the world, but the energy sector really, really strong. So she goes and and, and passes comment on that. Also talks about you know what are the names that she likes in that sector and you know, the impact that these supply chain disruptions as well are having when it comes to companies out there as we approach the you know the real crux of this AGM season here locally. Also a bit of a tidbit, she's uh, got a sell recommendation on one of the supermarkets. I won't tell you which one. But uh, she'll go and explain what it is and why. Uh, also had, uh, no, of course, AGM season. And so three buys uh, with quarterly reports out at the moment. So we spoke with Luke Larity from Seneca Financial Solutions about the opportunities here. And for him, it's uh, easy, apparently, is A, B, C. A few names there. One of them is uh, fast food operator. 
That's all I'm going to say on that one as well. Um, <laughs> I had a chat as well uh, uh, earlier today uh, talking about the alt space. Uh, Anthony Murphy from Lucerne Investment Partners uh, talking about various opportunities out there because, of course, you look at the bond market cash at the moment in real inflation-adjusted terms. Uh, it's difficult to go and get any positive carry whatsoever. In fact, most of them are you know, sitting in negative territory at this stage. So digital assets uh, came up, uh, private debt markets, uh, the commodity space, the new age commodity space as well, and interesting one to maybe potentially unlock that uh, no energy problem down the line. Hey, I had a chat with Tony Sycamore from City Index on the trade today. And Love he, Tony, what do you say? He you had, we had a plethora of charts with him. It just so happened to be that every single chart that we looked at was on the way up, all apart from he thought Bitcoin. And I know that's not one of your favourites, but look, it's fun to trade. And of course, it has hit that threshold. Looks like a key resistance point. Post the announcement that we will see that um, yeah. ETF on Bitcoin, I think later this week traded. So I guess this is the question. Is it ready to push through that resistance handle, that all-time high that we've seen traded previously up towards that 100,000 mark, which so many Bitcoin traders think it will happen? Yeah. Or is it just going to come? Off and yeah, the, and well, kind the, of the price out. action is bullish. You cannot go and argue with the price action. And I'm, I'm probably, you know, being uh, probably portrayed in the wrong light when it comes to cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and everything else. I, it's not that I don't like it. I want an asset uh, when a portfolio uh, as a hedge. I want something that uh, does not go and move in lockstep with other risk assets. And that to me is one of the biggest downfalls from it because when the risk assets slide, I just find Bitcoin absolutely tanks. Now, it's been pretty resilient recently, I'll give it that. But I want to go and see how the pressure, if it starts to come to a liquidity scenario, how is it going to perform back then? So it's not that I don't like Bitcoin. I don't like it as an investment to know yeah. a hedge in the portfolio. So, But do you like some of the altcoins? I mean, Ethereum's not an altcoin, but do you, do, you like, do you see some of the value in some of the other ones? I do. I, I, I look at the NFT space in particular, and that's one of those ones that really interests me as well because it's the transactional side because there is going to go and be you know, the ability to go and get even a fraction. You mentioned the number of transactions that go through. That's something that really interests me. Now, that, of course, involves you know, Ethereum, blockchain, and the like. So it's one of those areas where I'm still doing a lot of learning about it. But to me, it's not so much... I don't believe in this digital gold stuff. You know, that revolves around someone wanting to go and purchase at a higher price than what you went and bought it for. I want to go and see the actual like, you know, the income side of it where you can go and... and get revenue streams that come through continuously. That's what's going to excite me. Financial transactions, having worked in this industry for over two decades, uh, a lot of trades go in and out. Just that's one thing alone. Uh, the mind boggles as to what potentially could go and lead down the line. Hey, what's on the docket tomorrow? I think we've got some inflation coming out of the UK. Of course, the pound in focus, the Bank of England have been slightly more hawkish. They're one of the ones that I think might put a bit of a break on when it comes to uh, the outflow of cash they've pumped into that economy but of course the concerning thing as you said is is the electricity prices and the energy prices that we're seeing over there my mum I think talks about it on a daily basis how much her electricity is going up uh, but certainly one to watch in, t- in terms of that inflation rate yeah it's, uh, it's pretty quiet domestically uh, you know, when it comes to uh, economic data I think the Melbourne Institute uh, leading index will be released tomorrow that's probably not going to go and raise too many eyebrows when it gets released uh, earlier in the session uh, but a lot of focus of course continues on that Federal Reserve uh, lots of board members going and speaking tonight just the scale of the bond sell-off that we've seen yes it's, uh, it's paused over the past 24 hours but it has moved so rapidly and uh, I'm waiting for the Fed to go and potentially go and start to go and, and maybe push back against these expectations. There's you know, a couple of rate hikes being priced in by the end of next year. Now, that's pretty punchy when you're considering that tapering hasn't even started and uh, all things considered will likely end by the middle of the year. So all eyes on the Fed members uh, when they speak. Mary Daly, uh, the San Francisco Fed chair, is one of those out tonight.
Yeah, and of course, US earnings season continues. Netflix is out. We just spoke about Squid Game. And Tuna Amobi from CFRI is joining us in at the morning for the quarterly report to talk us through those results. Perfect. Also, Johnson & Johnson results out. One of those COVID vaccine candidates as well that's uh, done pretty well on the back of that rollout. So looking forward to going and seeing what he has to report as well. Look, we might go and leave it there. Of course, the, uh, the local market, flat, uh, flattish for the session. The, uh, the Triax 200 flat and the XJO down a tenth of a percent. We'll come back tomorrow and see whether we can go and get our mojo back. But I look forward to uh, speaking then. Have a great evening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.